Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. Welcome to Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. Thank you for tuning into our podcast, Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. And we're your hosts, Matthew and Stephanie Garrity. We are founders of River of Heaven Ministries, which is one of many conduits that God is working through for such a time as this to bring freedom, healing, deliverance, revival, awakening, and new life in Christ Jesus to the nations. In Gems for the Journey podcast, we are going to explore the amazing depths of the Word of God in order to mine out those gems, those nuggets of wisdom that there are within the text and the context of Scripture as well. Scripture teaches us that the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of the Father and brings them to us. He teaches them to us. The Word of God also says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search it out. There is the Logos and the Rhema Word of God. The Word of God stands for eternity. It is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It is able to divide the thoughts and intents and motives of the hearts of mankind. There is so much to explore. So you'll want to tune in every week because you will be changed from glory to glory strength to strength, faith to faith, because faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And you're going to learn to walk in victory and move from victory to victory as you listen to and receive from the river of God that's being poured out through these vessels from the throne room of grace. So make sure you subscribe to Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God, on Apple Podcast, cpnshows.com for the Charisma audience, or wherever you're listening from. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious unto you. May He lift up His countenance upon you. And may He give you His peace. Amen. I know you're excited to tune in, and we're excited to bring you these gems from the Word of God. And now for today's podcast. Well, hey, God bless you, everybody. We're looking forward to being with you again today for another exciting episode of Gems for the Journey, uh, Wisdom from the Word of God. And we're your hosts, Matthew and Stephanie Garrity. And we're in a really exciting time right now because this week actually marks the uh, Hebrew New Year. And we're passing from the year 5781 to the year 5782. And it's a very exciting time because how many of you know that every time you come into something new, that means you have to leave things of the past behind, or at least we should. You know, there are people who celebrate the feast days for all different types of reasons. Uh, some Christians say, well, the feast days don't apply to me because I'm not a natural Jew, although the Christian faith did come from the roots of Judaism. And there obviously are Jewish people who they abide by the feast days. And there are Messianic Jews who know that Jesus Christ is their Messiah, and they also celebrate the feast days. And I'm of the belief that the Old Testament is the blueprint where the New Testament is the building. 
the Old Testament is the, the pattern. The New Testament is the garment. The, the Old Testament is the will of God uh, concealed, and then the New Testament is the will of God made manifest or revealed. And so, again, in understanding this Gems for the Journey concept, the Bible says that it's the glory of the Lord to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search that matter out. And I believe that there are wisdom nuggets, if you will, with understanding the feasts. And if you look in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 23 through 25, it says this, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath rest, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. Now, this is what is known as Rosh Hashanah, or the head of the year. And that is when, in the Hebrew calendar, one year passes into the next year. But there are other feast days mentioned in Leviticus chapter 23 as well. And each one of these feast days speaks of what was to come at the time. But for us as New Testament believing Christians, we understand now, looking back, we now have the fulfillment of many of these feast days. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, one of the feast days that's mentioned in Leviticus chapter 23 is Passover. And Passover is when the the children of Israel uh, were passed over. Uh, It was the final plague that was poured out upon the Egyptians because of the Lord determined to set the people of God free. And so the angel of death uh, or the angel of judgment passed over the land and only the firstborn of Egypt was destroyed. And also we understand that the Passover then, you know, is is marked when the children of Israel passed over through the water, amen, and then the, the water came down and crushed the Egyptian army. But the fulfillment of Passover was the Passover lamb, and his name is Jesus Christ. And for all of us who are listening, who are born again, believing Christians, we know that Jesus Christ is the perfect lamb. He is the perfect sacrifice. He is the Passover lamb. And so he is the fulfillment of the Passover. The second feast that's mentioned in Leviticus chapter 23 is the feast of unleavened bread. And there's a lot to go into with the feast of unleavened bread, but in a nutshell, this speaks of the burial of Jesus. It speaks of the death of Jesus, okay? Then there's the the third feast day that's mentioned, and it's the Feast of First Fruits. And the Feast of First Fruits is fulfilled in Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, in Jesus' resurrection, because he is the first fruits. He is the firstborn among the dead. He is the one that's been raised from the dead first. The Bible says that one day we will also be raised from the dead. Even as he is the first fruits, we are the ones that will come after him. And then the fourth feast that's mentioned is the Hebrew word Shavuot, which is Pentecost, okay, which is 50 days after the first fruits or 50 days after the resurrection of Christ. If you're a Christian, a born again Christian, you're listening to this. And what does that speak of? That speaks of the harvest and the birth of the church. 
It speaks of the harvest and the birth of the New Testament church. We know that there was many people that followed Christ, but he was left with 120 uh, believers that were in unity in the one accord in the upper room. He told his followers to go to that upper room. And out of that upper room, there was the birthing of what we now know as the New Testament church. And for all of us who are part of the church, the body of Christ, really, if we understand scripture, the, the fulfillment of Pentecost is that upper room experience, if you will, the birth of the New Testament church. Now, again, the concept of the upper room or the gem of the upper room, that's not the first time in Acts chapter 2 where the upper room is mentioned, and that's another story for another time. But Pentecost, the fulfillment of Pentecost, was when the fire of God, Holy Spirit, came down, uh, uh, and there was cloven tongues of fire, people speaking in tongues, prophesying, and there was the birth of what Jesus said when he made the statement, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That was Pentecost. And then we get into what we are celebrating this week, which is Rosh Hashanah, or the Feast of Trumpets. And this really speaks of the assembly of God's people together, and specifically the catching away, or what many have termed the rapture of the church. It's Rosh Hashanah. The Bible says that there will be the last trump shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall be raised. And those who are still upon the earth will be caught up with the Lord to meet him in the air, and then we will there be with ever with the Lord, okay? And then after Rosh Hashanah is a period of 10 days known as the 10 days of awe, which is basically a time of introspection. It's a time of search my heart, O God, and see if there be any wicked way in me. The trumpet blast, even from the Feast of Trumpets, is to warrant uh, people to look at their lives and say, am I really following the things of God? Am I really loving the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength? Or do I have other gods? Do I have uh, just-in-case gods? Am I, am I, is God on the list, but he's not the whole list, in other words? And the days of all culminate with what's known as Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement, or at one Now, atonement or at one the picture of that is really Jesus on the cross, but there's a greater fulfillment of this. And what this speaks of, and this has not yet come to pass, but it speaks of the final salvation of God's people because of the finished work of Christ, of Yeshua on the cross. And what do I mean by that? Well, if we look at salvation, salvation in itself is instantaneous, progressive, and final. We are a three-part being. We are a spirit, we have a soul containing our mind, will, and emotions, and we have a physical body. And when you repented and believed in Jesus Christ, your spirit was saved instantly. Our soul, through the process of sanctification, is being saved, and our body shall be saved in what's known as glorification. We just talked about the catching away, basically that we're going to trade the terrestrial in for the celestial. We're going to trade these corruptible human bodies that are made of the earth when, and the breath of God gave us life in for bodies that will be like the heavenly host. It says that we will have bodies like the angels and like the heavenly host. And so 
that has not yet taken place. Okay? And then there's the final feast that's mentioned in Leviticus chapter 23, and that's the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths. Okay? And that's known as Sukkot, Sukkot in, uh, in Hebrew. And that really speaks of Jesus Christ uh, ruling and reigning upon the earth, the new heavens and the new earth, as the King of kings and Lord of lords in the millennial reign. Okay? In the millennial reign. But there's a lot of symbolism beforehand. Now, many people who understand the revelation of the tabernacle of David, you know, we desire to tabernacle with the Lord and to create a resting place for him to reside now, even though his fullness of his kingdom will come in the millennial reign. Even though we have the kingdom, it is what's known as now and yet, not yet. And what do I mean by that? Well, Yes, the kingdom of God has come, it's at hand, but the fullness of the kingdom of God will come when Christ comes to rule and reign, the new heavens and the new earth upon the throne, amen, in the millennial reign. And so it's an exciting time because understanding a lot of these feasts have taken place, the fulfillment of these feasts has taken place already. Again, the Passover, Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of that. Unleavened bread, the burial, the death and burial of Jesus Christ. First fruits, Jesus' resurrection, okay? Shavuot or Pentecost, the fulfillment of that is the harvest or the birth of the New Testament church. Rosh Hashanah or trumpets, that has not yet happened because we're still here. <laughs> if, you're, if you're a born-again believer, then uh, the fulfillment of Feast of Trumpets and Rosh Hashanah has not really come to pass. Otherwise, we would not still be here. Amen? And so, what also has not yet happened is the, the fullness of Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement or at one where the final salvation of God's people, the glorification of our bodies. And then also the Feast of Tabernacles. The fulfillment of the Feast of Tabernacles is again when Jesus Christ will come and will reign over all the earth. And the new Jerusalem will come down from heaven and there will be a new heavens and a new earth and it will be like going back to the garden before sin corrupted everything that God had created. So praise God. Praise God for the understanding of these feast days because without the roots of Judaism, we can't hope to begin to preach the gospel uh, regarding Christianity. Or a tree that doesn't have a, a proper foundation in its root system, it will not last. And so we need to have a proper understanding of the foundation of the roots, the Judeo roots, the Jewish roots of the Christian faith, but even more so the one who is the the formation of those roots, if you will. Christ, who is the root, the vine, the shoot. He's, he's everything. He is the, the one who everything flows out of. He's the one for everything grows out of. Again, the Feast of Trumpets, named again in Numbers chapter 29, verses 1 through 6. And the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work. For you, it is a day of blowing of the trumpets. You shall offer a burnt offering as a sweet aroma uh, to the Lord, one young bull, one ram, and seven lambs in their first year without blemish. Their grain offering shall be fine flour mixed with oil, three-tenths of an ephah for the bull, two-tenths for the ram, one-tenth for each of the seven lambs. Also, one kid of the goats as a sin offering to make atonement or atonement for you. Besides the burnt offering with its grain offering for the new moon, 
the regular burnt offering with its grain offering and their drink offerings according to the ordinance as a sweet aroma, an offering made by fire to the Lord. So again, there's a lot there. We're not going to go into all that, but I have a question for you. As it says in verse 6, it says a sweet aroma, an offering made by fire to the Lord. The Bible says in the new covenant that, that we, that the church, that we are actually living sacrifices. Now, there was the perfect sacrifice once and for all. We mentioned this before, the Passover lamb, Jesus Christ. But the Bible says that we are to present our bodies. It's a reasonable service. Our worship is to present our bodies holy and acceptable to the Lord. Well, how do we do that? We submit our lives to the Lord. We we're come through this process of sanctification. That's what's going on right now. I, I believe that as we get into this gem of the seven spirit of God, seven spirits of God or the sevenfold spirit of God, the first thing we need to understand about this gem of the sevenfold spirit of God is the understanding that the sevenfold spirit of God's name is Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, not magnificent spirit, not almighty spirit, not powerful spirit. No, Holy Spirit. And so the first thing we need to understand is that the Spirit of God, His name is holy. Why holy? Because holy is a word that encompasses He's God and we're not. The word holy does not just mean something that's pure. The word holy means completely above, completely set apart, completely higher in all ways, altogether more lovely, incomprehensible. He is God and we're not. He is holy. He is perfect. And not only is he holy, but he is holy, holy, holy. And so the understanding that he's not just holy, but he's holy, holy, holy shows us that even in his, the fullness of him being high above and most pure and inconceivable and incomprehensible regarding us understanding that he's completely separate from humanity. He's not just holy. He is holy, holy, holy the superlative degree, the highest degree, as if it wasn't enough to begin to describe him as just holy, just the word holy, the Hebrew word kadosh. But he is not just kadosh, he is kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. He is holy, holy, holy. And we, one of the greatest illustrations we see this expressed is Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 6 where the prophet Isaiah, the most holy prophet in all of Israel. I mean, this guy was not an unclean man. This, this man was used to speak to the nation for God. And yet, when he comes into the presence of the one who is not just holy, but holy, 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 he is undone. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 6 says, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, the prophet Isaiah said, Woe is me, for I am undone, 
because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. So he is holy, holy, holy. The prophet Isaiah, probably one of the most holy people, if you will, in all of Israel at the time, when he comes in the presence of the one who is not just holy, but holy, 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 he can barely even formulate a word. He can barely even think straight. He is the one who is altogether magnificent. Now, this concept may seem like a redundancy in the text. But the word holy, it's purposely repeated. Listing a word three times in a row, especially in ancient Hebrew writings, does not indicate redundancy. It doesn't. What it indicates is the exact opposite. When something is repeated over and over again in Scripture, it indicates a special emphasis on that word that's being repeated. You know, God could have revealed himself any way he chose to reveal himself. But above all, He wanted us to understand that the very essence of who he is, his spirit, is holy. Holy. He's most hallowed. Most hallowed above all. He wanted his followers to understand that he's different. That it would breed the fear of the Lord. It would breed, like in other words, I'm not just your buddy You can't just come and treat me like I'm a genie in a lamp and you rub it and I come out and give you prayer requests or prayer wishes or anything like that. No, he wants us to understand how to posture ourselves. Yes, he created us. Yes, we're sons and daughters of of his. But even when Jesus begins to teach the disciples how to pray, do you remember the, the words he used? Our father who art in heaven, what? Hallowed. Holy be thy name. So there's an understanding even when we pray, we must posture ourselves regarding understanding the holiness of the Lord our God. And again, the very essence, his spirit is holy. We see again in, in John the Revelator, Revelator's book, Revelation, We see it's a different, totally different time period, but yet in the book of Revelation, when we look at the throne of God, we get a glimpse into the throne of God again here. Revelation chapter four, verses one through eight, it says, after these things, John is speaking. He said, I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here and I will show you the things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne and he who sat there was like a jasper and sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald around the throne were 24 thrones and on the thrones I saw their 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God or the sevenfold spirit of God. Before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and all around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes, front and back. 
The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature like a calf. The third living creature had a face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes all around and within, which speaks of revelation. And they do not rest day or night saying, what? Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. So there are times in scripture that we get a glimpse through the prophet Isaiah's vision or through the book of Revelation when John the Revelator is on the island of Patmos. And as we glimpse and we look into the throne room, so to speak, when we look in, what do we find? We find angelic hosts and elders and creatures crying out. And they're crying out one word. They're not crying out powerful. They're not crying out lovely. They're not crying out beautiful. They're crying out over and over again one word, holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And so friends, if there's one emphasis that God wanted to get across to us regarding who he is and the very essence of who he is, at the core of who he is, he is altogether what? Holy, holy. Yes, he's beautiful. Yes, he's all-powerful. Yes, he's all-knowing. Yes, he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. You can't ever escape from him wherever you go. David said, if I make my bed in the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed below the earth, you're there. You're everywhere. But yet, all the different characteristics, even of the sevenfold spirit of God, the spirit of the Lord, of wisdom and understanding, counsel and might, knowledge and the fear of the Lord, but yet none of those spirits are the main emphasis of the worship taking place around the throne. They're not crying out fear of the Lord. They're not crying out wisdom, understanding. They're not crying out counsel, might. They're crying out holy, 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 holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And friends, we need to understand that as we seek to know the Lord more, there's many trying to seek to know the Lord more. Oh, Lord, I want to know you. As the apostle Paul said, even as he got older and, and went on the apostolic journeys and he, he came to that realization, Lord, I just want to know you, to know you. I want to know you more. If we want to succeed in knowing the Lord more, I want to introduce us to this concept that we need to understand that he is holy and not just holy, but holy, holy, holy. And so God says this, you want to know me more? I want from you obedience. I want from you purity. From the very beginning, if we look at Genesis, all God ever required of man was what? To obey. He said, you can have all the things in this garden. Everything I've created, I've created it, you know, to, to be a pleasure, a paradise for you. You can name the animals. You can, you can function as a, a governor. You can be an ambassador here on the earth of my kingdom. I put everything under your dominion. The Lord says just one thing. Don't touch my knowledge tree. That's my tree, Adam. That's my tree, Eve. In other words, 
I'm just asking you one thing. I'm just asking you to be obedient. I'm just asking you to do it my way. I'm asking you to yield to me. And as you yield to me, you're going to find that you will become holy, even as I am holy. Amen. Well, God bless you today. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. And may he give you his peace. May the river of God flow out of you more than ever before. And we'll see you next time. If you'd like to connect with us, you can go to our website at www.riveroftheaven.org. River of Heaven Ministries is advancing the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven through various means. In James 1.27, Scripture teaches us to care for the widows and the orphans. We take this seriously and are actively involved in supporting widows and others in need on a monthly basis. Together, we can do more. Additionally, our radio broadcasts and podcasts reach all nations, touching lives worldwide. Daily, new listeners hear the gospel, and through these broadcasts and podcasts, millions have an opportunity to repent, believe, and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Listeners also learn about powerful Tabernacle of David principles through our teaching, encouraging all to worship the Father in spirit and in truth with great passion and purity. Your financial gift of any amount will help us to continue to support those in need and allow us to launch high-quality recorded radio broadcasts, podcasts, and teaching that are available for free to anyone who has internet access. With your prayers and financial support, we will continue to reach millions in our generation and multiply millions in generations to come. Thank you for partnering with us. Another way that you can support our ministry is by buying Matthew's new book, Holy Spirit, the Sevenfold Spirit of God. In this book, you will learn the history of the Spirit of God, the characteristics of the Spirit of God, the nature of the Spirit of God, and the ministry of the Spirit of God. You will get in-depth teaching on the Holy Sevenfold Spirit of God and how to walk in it. You will also have applicable worship and prayer points, and new prayer declarations and decrees. You can buy this book by going to our website on our resources tab. This book is also available on Amazon, Apple iBooks, and anywhere books are sold. Thank you, and may God bless you.